Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. I want to welcome back to the program the uh, insurance commissioner for the great state of North Carolina, Mike Causey. Welcome back, sir. How are you? Thank you, Pete. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So uh, everybody I know, like when they hear insurance commissioner, they know excitement is coming, right? The exciting topics (laughs) are coming. yeah. yeah. (laughs) The most exciting topics. Right. Right. Between you and uh, Dale Falwell uh, (laughs) with with the Treasury uh, information. No, no, no. This is is actually a pretty important uh, subject. Uh, It's Blue Cross Blue Shield of North Carolina, and there's a House bill that's making its way uh, through the legislature, and uh, this, I guess we have to kind of go to the beginning, right, the, of of what Blue Cross Blue Shield of North Carolina started as and what it is now. Can you walk us through that? I, I can. Uh, Blue Cross started uh, about 90 years ago. It was uh, actually created by the legislature as a group of doctors that actually started Blue Cross as a nonprofit uh, for the for the people for the public uh, insurance health insurance company owned owned by the policyholders so it's different than other health insurance companies and you know private stockholder uh, owned insurance companies and it's grown over the years to become the largest health insurer in North Carolina in 2021 Blue Cross market share in the personal health insurance market was approximately 83%. So 83% of the personal insurance market and almost 80% of the group health insurance market, I think the actual number was 79.6%. But uh, as you know, Blue Cross in January uh, found out that they are losing the contract for the state health plan, which they've held for about 40 years, and that will become effective in January of 2025. So, uh, you know, after this, and I believe Blue Cross started working on this bill way prior to that, but uh, they, their team of lobbyists and their law firm in Charlotte worked on the uh, worked with our legislators, and they filed a bill in uh, in March of this year, but they did not uh, discuss the bill in any detail with the Department of Insurance or get our input, and it's, the number of the bill is 346, House Bill 346, and the, the title or short title is Reorganization and Economic Development Act. Hmm. So the, the first I heard of the bill, Pete, was the day the bill was filed. And when we looked at it, our attorneys and our actuaries, our financial experts, insurance subject matter experts studied this bill. We were shocked and alarmed because we think it's a bad bill for Blue Cross policyholders and the consumers of North Carolina. Are, and 
And it has to do with this has to do with what? How much Blue Cross has to keep in a res, in reserves? Is that is that? It, it a, does, I, well, I, I believe it does. They may say it doesn't, but I believe it does have something to do with it. What this bill would do if uh, if it went through exactly like it was filed, it would allow Blue Cross to take the dollars that they've accumulated, which is, is policyholder money. I keep reminding Blue Cross this is not investor money, not stockholder money. It's policyholder dollars. It would allow Blue Cross to take money out of policy reserves in unlimited amounts, transfer it outside of Blue Cross Insurance Company to a newly created holding company with no oversight, no transparency, no accountability, and we, we thought that was wrong. So uh, it's, it's bad for the people. Now, I have been working very closely with Blue Cross uh, since we learned about it to try to get some guardrails in place and protection for policyholders. I met yesterday for almost two hours with Dr. Uh, Tunde Satunde, the CEO of Blue Cross, and his executive team. And we had a very productive meeting, and I have a great deal of respect for uh, Dr. Satunde and the Blue Cross executive team, as well as the Blue Cross Board of Directors, but I just believe they were wrong. I believe they were wrong when they filed this bill. It was not thought through. They they worked out with their lobbyists on our legislature to uh, get both sides of the political aisle, Democrats and Republicans on board with it without hearing all sides. So I've been pushing back because the people of North Carolina deserve to be protected. We can't let this bill go through without a thorough review. And uh, this, this is policyholder money. And I want to make sure that if this money goes anywhere, it goes back to the policyholders. So, is, so is is Blue Cross Blue Shield? Are they still? They're still a nonprofit, and that's why they have to have a reserve uh, and and a cap on the reserves, right? If they go, if they have too much money, then they have to refund it back, and they just want to be able to tap into that and use it for something else. I guess my question would be, why not just right. turn yourself into a for profit entity rather than a nonprofit? Well, they could do that. They could do that. They would ha- they would uh, have to uh, trigger the conversion statutes, which would allow them to go for profit. But that's what Blue Cross does not want to do. They don't want to trigger those conversion stat- statutes. And they've accumulated a, a large amount of money in policy reserves. And that dollar amount is approximately $4.6 billion. That's billion with a B. And their total admitted assets are almost eight eight billion or seven point seven billion dollars. Last time I checked, so they're get they're getting close to that uh, ceiling. And uh, I just like to see Blue Cross give some of this money back to the policyholders, or at least let's make sure that. Whatever money they move out of Blue Cross Insurance Company is used for the benefit of North Carolinians for North Carolina Health and for Blue Cross's mission. Right, because it seems pretty clear, like the rules are that if you're a nonprofit and then if you get up to this cap, then you got to refund the money back and they don't want to do that. So they're 
they're going to use their connections in the legislature to give themselves a loophole, give themselves a carve out so they can then funnel that money that should go back to the policyholders. Instead, they're going to send it someplace else. And they say, well, we need this in order to compete. What what about that argument? Well, um, I don't buy that argument because, as as I said, in 2021, Blue Cross had almost 83% of the, the personal health insurance market and almost 80% of the group health insurance market. So they're by far the largest health insurer in North Carolina. Now, yes, it is true that they will be losing the state health contract. It is true they're facing more competition. And in the future, they, they will need to be more competitive. But this was a bad bill. It was not thought through, and there was tremendous, tremendous political pressure applied to legislators. And I'm just trying to get the public to pay attention, to contact their legislators. And and I'll give you an example. As elected insurance commissioner for the state of North Carolina, I was denied the opportunity to speak on this bill in the House Health Insurance Committee Yet the bill sponsor was allowed unlimited time to speak in favor of the bill. So those are the kinds of things that people don't like to see. We, we need open and honest debate. We had, uh, Pete, we had 26 legislators, Democrats and Republicans, that stood up against their caucus to vote for the people. And that was 15 Democrats and 11 Republicans. And what was interesting, you had the uh, 15 Democrats were, were, I would say, the most uh, progressive Democrats in the the Democratic Party, and the 11 Republicans were the most conservative Republicans in the Republican Party joining forces. And there were other people that did not like the bill, but for that for political reasons, they had they had to vote for it. Mm-hmm. So the bill now is in the Senate. I uh, don't think it'll be taken up this week, but probably will be taken up next week. So people have an opportunity. The the the, the doctors, the the public, the Blue Cross policyholders have an opportunity to call the their legislators, their sent their state senators. And the, the number for the General Assembly, is they have a number for the main switchboard, is 919-733-4111. And they can just speak to their specific senator, or they can go to the General Assembly website, which is ncleg, ncleg.gov, ncleg.gov. And there's email addresses for every legislator on that website. And if they have questions for the Department of Insurance, they can contact me uh, directly. Uh, our, our office number, if anybody has a problem with insurance claims or what have you, or anything else, is 919-807-6003. 919-807-6003. Or my email is my name, mike.causey at ncdoi.gov. And we'll be glad to help any listener with any concerns pertaining to insurance or anything, building inspections, anything we regulate at the Department of Insurance. 
Commissioner Causey, thanks for your time, sir. I do appreciate it, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll monitor the situation. I've got the numbers here. I'll give them out again for people to call. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pete, for taking this up so much. Absolutely, absolutely. That's uh, North Carolina Commissioner Mike Causey. Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Representative John Bradford from Mecklenburg County, a Republican. Uh, he's all for it, all in on it. Uh, big uh, booster of the bill. Um, and uh, Andrew Dunn had a write-up on uh, on this issue over at Longleaf Politics. And he, I think, correctly identifies um, this trend over the past decade that, you know, this prevailing narrative has been that, you know, the Republican majority is working cohesively to just, you know, just ram bills through over unified Democrat opposition. And yes, that has occurred, but there's been a surprising number of issues, particularly this session that have the support of leadership in both parties, but opposition among small numbers on both the left and the right medical marijuana, sports gambling. These are both examples. Um, Medicaid expansion, blue cross blue shield. This was another this, and it highlights this, separation this widening gap between you've sort of this populist strain in the republican party right this populism versus this corporatism strain and the corporatism strain is in charge hello spencer welcome to the program how are you uh am <laughs> a bit perturbed about that guy you just had on. Oh, no. Commissioner. Yeah, why is that? Well. Perturbed. Apparently he doesn't know that the Bailey Bested teachers have already been converted to Humana Advantage plans, and they are hot. My wife is hot. She's got bills that have bounced because of all this. She didn't know that they were doing that until about uh, well, the, February the, or so. It was done in January. I thought the January state... first. You know, I thought the state health plan, uh, this was the fight Dale Falwell was having, and uh, they went to Aetna, not Humana. The, huh, we get Humana bills. It went to Humana. And my wife called them up, and she was hot, and she told them to change her back to uh, the way it was because they bounced her uh, 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 supplement. Where is she a teacher? Like what? She, what she, county? She's a retired Bailey vested. Oh, oh, gotcha! I gotcha. So she gets the uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield for free. She gets uh, uh, her uh, pension without state tax. And, uh, and there's a couple of other things mm-hmm. that came about with that Bailey lawsuit. Um, but they they changed her over to a Humana Advantage plan. And we were told by our uh, advisors, never go on an advantage plan because they keep getting worse and worse the older you get. Okay. I, yeah, I, I'm not aware of 
uh, of the human aspect. I'll do a search for it uh, and see what I can find during the break here. But I got to run, Spencer. I do appreciate the call, and I don't. I don't think that's Mike Causey's uh, purview. <laughs> I don't think that's under him. Uh, I think that would be under Dale Falwell's purview, the state treasurer. But I. But I don't know. I'll check into it. I did double check, and uh, it is. Uh, it's not the insurance commissioner uh, that is in charge of that or had anything to do, apparently, with the switch over to Humana for the Advantage plans, for the Medicare Advantage plans. That was uh, Dale Falwell, state treasurer. Uh, and you can find information. I'm, I've got their press release here from Humana. They they got it on January 1, uh, North Carolina State retirees moving to Humana PPO plan. January 1, Medicare eligible retirees. Um to, to, to contracted healthcare providers with the Humana Medicare Advantage PPO plan will receive the contracted rate for services rendered. Um, and they have a picture here of the identification cards. Uh, but yeah, there was a there was a uh, a statement put out by the state treasurer, Dale Falwell. So that's who you need to be mad at. Well, I mean, you could be mad at Humana too. If they're not giving you good service, then yes, take it take it to them first. I would say, Will, welcome to the program. Hello, Will. How are you? Hey, yes, sir. Doing, doing well, if you are. I am. Yes, sir. Just wanted to share with uh, with your listeners, you had a previous caller that was referencing the North Carolina Bailey benefit. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure that the general public understood what that meant. Uh, state government employees that were, quote, unquote, vested as of some specific date, I, I don't have don't have the specific date in front of me, but it was roughly 1987, uh, some around there. If they were vested in the state retirement system, and and it was a very brief, short amount of time, they then are exempt on all of their state government pension earnings from North Carolina state income tax. Okay. But that doesn't really have anything to do with the Medicare Advantage plans. No, it does not. I want people to understand that from your last caller. Gotcha. Okay, yes, because that's helpful because I, I had not heard. Uh, so in another lifetime, uh, I actually studied for and uh, and and earned uh, a license to sell insurance in the state of North Carolina. And uh, I don't I, I did not recall a Bailey benefit uh, being associated with the Advantage plans because they've been around for a while. No, that is a state government and local government pension benefit. So while the rest of us own businesses and pay North Carolina state income tax on our retirement earnings and regular earnings, those folks do not pay that in retirement. Right. They get their, they get their, their pension income for the duration of their life after retirement. They get their pension income tax-free uh, if you've got a 401. And this is one of the big arguments. People have been moving money out of their 401ks into IRAs, paying the taxes on it now because you don't all, – right, all you're deferring there with like your 401k, you're deferring the tax until a later time. And when Trump was in office and they lowered the 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 tax rates, people are like, well, it's probably going to go up <laughs> now, right? So probably best to move the money into IRAs. I'm not offering advice. I'm just saying there are people that are doing this sort of thing. So the other – comment I wanted to make, the beautiful thing about this most awesome state treasurer who's running for governor, he is a CPA just like I am, and he is bringing sunshine and and light 
to things that have been hidden in years past for generations. Take, for example, your typical insurance salesman. The general public does not understand how those people are paid. They do not understand the trailing commissions that those folks get for life. Mm -hmm. Regardless of whether who's in office and the insurance commissioner's office, Republican, Democrat, it is the it is the state's best kept secret that commissions for insurance salespeople are never disclosed to the public. It's worth noting, however, a CPA and in some situations an attorney who also is selling insurance product is required under our professional state boards to disclose our commission. Hmm. It's my observation that if the general public understood the exorbitant, ridiculous compensation packages of life insurance salesmen, wind and hail, personal property, the public would bid those prices down to the trade that insurance commission, that insurance salespeople are. They have no code of ethics, and it is not a profession. What do you mean it's not a profession? People make it a profession. It's not a profession. What does that mean? North Carolina General Assembly and North Carolina state law does not recognize insurance salespeople as members of a profession. Like a professional organization? Like a certif- I mean, no. you get licensed. Law, medicine, accountancy, engineering, architecture, veterinary services. Yeah. These are members of professions. They have required state-mandated code of ethics. Insurance salespeople are members of an occupational licensing board. Now, I may be incorrect in what I'm calling that, but they is not a member of a profession, and they have no code of ethics. Are you saying a profession is in like a technical, is that, that's like a technical yeah. definition? A, a, a profession as recognized by North Carolina general statute. By, by the law. Okay, that's what I'm asking. It's like it's a profession, that's, and that means a technical thing, because when you say profession, I think it's a career, it's a job. I'm not thinking it's a, there's some sort of technical designation in statute that, that you're referring to. Because I, like I said, I, got, I, I had to get a license in order to sell it. So there's obviously some uh, statutes that surround it. I, it, it it's, it's akin to a North Carolina real estate broker's license. Mm-hmm. It is so, that's not, so real estate sales, that's not a profession either? No, it's not. It's right. not recognized in North Carolina. It is not. As a, how about talk show hosts? Is this a profession? <laughs> journalism is not as well. Well, I didn't say journalism. I'm not doing that. All right. Well, I appreciate the call. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. So the yeah the Medicare Advantage plan is a, it's a it's an add on plan to Medicare, and so they apparently switched that over to um, to Humana. Now on the life insurance side of things, yeah, like if you sign people up for the policy, and as long as they pay on the policy. And they keep that life insurance policy going. You get the residual commissions forever and ever and ever. That's so like you once you like you go out and you make all the sales and you hit the ground hard. And you do like all of that selling. You know you can make those those uh, uh, the residual the the commissions for years, years and years and years and years. And then of course the companies do as well as long as the people keep paying. You know towards the policies. 
All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Hello, Dean. What's going on? Oh, Pete. I think you're very professional, okay? Well, no, he didn't say, Will did not say I wasn't professional. He just said I wasn't in a profession. Well, you put a bunch of professionals together. Isn't that a profession? But that's, Maybe. that's not why I called. No, all right. I, I could tell you something about insurance, you know, when he was talking about sort of the underbelly. But, you know, when you buy a house and the bank wants to escrow, you know, your insurance payments and your uh, taxes, if you pay the insurance, say you pay $1,000. You pay $1,000. On your insurance. One thousand dollars for insurance on your house. Okay. If you paid that, you'd pay a thousand dollars. If the bank pays it and escrows those payments, then goes to pay the insurance company charges. I'm not going to be specific, but like a thousand fifty dollars. They charge more. They charge more for the escrow. Yeah. Yep. In other words, if you paid the insurance company, it cost you a thousand dollars because the bank requires you to escrow maybe the first year or whatever, mm-hmm. or you want to just do it to make it easier. Right. Uh, the insurance company charges a premium for to take the payment from the bank. Oh, that kind of ticks me off. Does it make sense? I mean, yeah, well, it, it kind of it that kind of hacks me off. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I don't. And I, I, I can tell you how they, they, you know, they, they told me that because if we were, because we have the insurance policy with you, that you, you'd be paying us. But because the bank is paying us, we charge extra because it's not you. That doesn't really, but that doesn't really explain it. That's like saying, see this thing here. The reason it's here is because it's here. Like that's yeah, not absolutely. Yeah, that's not really an explanation. Yeah, mm. it's it's like uh, you know I I I I didn't have a I was speechless, hard to believe. But anyways, when yeah. I heard that, well, interesting. It just just goes on many different ways, and it doesn't seem like there's much you can do about it. Every the worst part is everybody in the insurance industry and in the mortgage industry knows about that except for the us poor people that are paying our mortgage and think that because we're escrowing, we're doing the wise, you know, thing mm. and, or are being, uh, you know, financially responsible. When yeah. in fact, we're even being gouged there. Interesting. Dean, I appreciate the info, although I'm kind of mad about it, but thank you. Got a, a couple of messages here from Walter on the Twitter machine. These are Pete tweets. He says, I just had that same discussion with our daughter on the Roth versus traditional IRAs and how Mecklenburg County is getting screwed by Blue Cross Blue Shield North Carolina and the state needs to get on them even more. Um, And then um, 
Oh, this is in response to Will's comments earlier. The guy saying insurance is not licensed is wrong. Right, which I, yeah, that that definitely is wrong. In order to sell life and health insurance in North Carolina, you must be licensed. You have to take the classes. It takes a long time. And there are several classes. Trust me, I went through it. And I doubt they've eased the uh, the education requirements. And... Uh, there are, as I recall, right, there's probably continuing ed, right? Um, so, uh, hang on, Walter says, uh, to, to, to the license, oh, yeah, to renew every two years requires three hours of ethics as part of CEUs, which I'm assuming is the continuing education units, maybe? Insurance producer and adjuster license. Yeah, continuing ed. That's it, CE status. Right, so... Uh, I was, yeah, I, I don't remember. I mean, this was 20. Uh, so I got my insurance license in 2001 and it was, I was getting ready to go to work for a company. Uh, and then nine 11 happened. And um, I was working both jobs. I was in the newsroom here and uh, I was uh, starting up with them cause I had just finished my license. And so I was, starting the process of like doing the cold calls and generating the leads and that sort of stuff. And we were selling life insurance and, um, and a friend of mine had gotten me into the business with him. And then nine 11 hits. I call into the insurance guys. I'm like, I'm not coming in. News is breaking. And, uh, and then I just stayed in the news department and I never went back to the insurance. Yeah. Nine 11. Thank you.